in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One who transforms us personally. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, Happy Reformation Day! I don't really know how you respond either. It's okay. Uh, Go Luther. But today is that day. Today is Reformation Day. It's a day that we we get together and and, um, we celebrate the Word of God is really what we do today. We don't celebrate Martin Luther. Although sometimes it gets a little bit tenuous. It gets a little bit like we're celebrating Martin Luther instead of celebrating what Martin Luther stood for. Uh, What Martin Luther stood for was um, understanding that the gospel of Jesus Christ is actually something that um, is a big deal. That understanding that, that Jesus Christ has died for your sins on that cross, that He's given you the forgiveness of those sins, that He's given you the gift of the Holy Spirit so that you can go out into this world and you can proclaim His name and do all sorts of great things, that that's, that that's really important. But sometimes we kind of get confused because it becomes more about celebrating Martin Luther and what Martin Luther did. And isn't it great that we're all Lutherans? If you're not a Lutheran here, um, it's okay. We love you too. Um, But sometimes it, it gets a little bit confusing. Because we're like, who is this guy? I thought Lutherans didn't have a pope. But we sure talk about Martin Luther sometimes like we do. And that he's a pope that's just been dead for a long time and we haven't gotten a new one. It's kind of a weird thing, especially around Reformation Day. And I think it's sort of understandable, really, uh, what we do when we do this sort of Martin Luther hero worship thing. Um, It's the same thing that a lot of us do uh, when we watch the Seminoles play football. It's the same thing, actually, that a lot of us do when, when we watch Dancing with the Stars or Glee. Yuck. Some of you do that, I don't know. It's the same thing... That a lot of us do when we watch Braveheart. Yeah, that's me. And that thing is that we have this sort of vicarious experience that we really, really like when we're watching something that is so inspiring. So whether that be Glee, or Dancing with the Stars, or Braveheart, or even the story of Martin Luther that you might have playing in the back of your head this morning, seeing him with his list of 95 things, who knows what a thesis is actually, anybody ever read them? A few, a few, okay good. Um, His list of complaints against dirty Roman Catholics. We love you too, Roman Catholics. Um, But but we get that sort of sense of of this vicarious experience. Maybe yesterday when when you watched the Knowles touchdown after touchdown after touchdown. Or, you know, if, if you were watching something else yesterday. You got that sense of, wow, that's inspiring. Why do you feel that good when you watch... Somebody on Dancing with the Stars. Why do we feel that? 
Why, why do I feel awesome when I see Mel Gibson riding around with blue face paint and a skirt yelling, Freedom! Why is that so exciting? It's because you're putting yourself in their shoes. It's because you're taking their experience and you're actually claiming it for yourself. And a lot of times we can do that with the story of Martin Luther and we can do that with the story of the Lutheran Reformers. That we can take what they did 400 some odd years ago and we can say, well, well, that that's me. I'm the person you know, who tacked those 95 theses up on that church door in Wittenberg. I feel that strongly about the gospel because, darn it, well, I tripped into church this morning. Right? Or, you know, maybe you're, you're more of a Verms guy or gal. Maybe you're more like, well, you know, I know what it feels like to say, here I stand, I can do no other. Because, you know, the other day, I actually told somebody that I go to church. Woo! Crazy. You better watch yourself. So you get this sort of vicarious experience of, you know, well, we're all Lutherans, we're all together, isn't this so great? But that's not what Martin wanted. That's not the reason that he wrote those 95 theses in the first place. It's not the reason that he stood there in Worms saying, Here I stand, I can do no other. But in order to understand Martin, we have to understand a little bit of what Jesus is talking about here in the Gospel reading. John 8. In John 8, Jesus is talking to some people that have been following him for a while. We're jumping out of Matthew for a little while and over into John. And so the, the story, you know, you don't have much context there. But we're jumping into John and what Jesus is, Jesus is talking to some people that have been sort of following him around, sort of his groupies. They're not super committed yet. And that's going to become very obvious in a, in a little bit here. And uh, he says to them, If you continue in my word, then you'll know the truth. You'll be my disciples. And the truth will set you free. It's one of those inspiring lines. One of those lines that we kind of think, Yeah, yeah, that's a great line. I love that line. The truth will set you free. And we kind of forget about, you know, what Jesus says at the first part of that line. And we get get confused with something that Shakespeare had one of his characters, Polonius, say to his son Laertes. English majors represent. Polonius says to Laertes, To thine own self be true. And then you will not have to worry about being true to any other man. And we hear Jesus say that line instead of the line that he actually says. And then we get it all sort of mumbled and jumbled and confused. And so we begin to hear Jesus say, To thine own self be true, and the truth will set you free. And we're like, yes, I love that. I love me. Let me get to know me better. 
and that will set me free. What a great thing. Jesus is so cool. It's not what he says, though. What he says is, abide in my word. And then you'll know the truth. And that will set you free. Now that's a little different. That word actually, abide, um, it shows up in, in the, the Greek as mine ete. Everybody say it with me. Mine ete. Good. See? You guys walk away from church saying I learned Greek today. That word, it can be translated abide with me. It can be translated like it is in the celebrate, continue. It can be translated, kind of stick with it. Live here. It's actually the word that is used for, if you said, you know, I live on Monticello Drive, that would be the word that you would use in Greek. It's a word that means this is where you reside. This is what forms your habits. This is who you are. It's a word about permanence. It's a word about living there. And it's a word that is about your experience. You see, that's part of the gospel here with what Jesus is saying. He's saying, abide in my word, experience my word, live in my word, continue the habits of my word. Dig down deep. Stay here for a while. And see what happens. Because the more and more that you stick with Jesus' truth and His Word, the more and more you realize how much it will set you free. Because that's what He came here to do. That's why He died on the cross. That's why He came here to teach you. That's why He even said this word, mine ate. Stick with me. And you'll see how free it makes you. Stick with me. You'll see how often I forgive all of those sins that you commit all of the time. Stick with me. You'll see how often I show you how much I love you. Stick with me. You'll see all sorts of things because you'll be free and not a slave. We're doing this sermon series that's called Transformed by the Cross, and part of it is about um, this whole year-long thing that we're doing here at University Lutheran, where we're actually challenging you to be transformed in three different ways, personally, relationally, and missionally. Today we're talking about personal transformation, and that's exactly what happened to Martin Luther. You see, what Martin Luther, the reason that he became Martin Luther... He was just a monk with one of those funny haircuts, if you've ever seen the pictures. He was just a monk, and and then somebody in his monastery, somebody higher up said, well, I want you to go over to that new college campus that's starting up in Wittenberg, and I want you to be a college professor over there, and I want you to teach the Bible. Because in order to teach the Bible, you're going to have to abide in the Bible. You're going to have to dig down. You're going to have to, what was the word? Wow, you guys aren't listening at all. Mine ate. Mine ate. Kind of like mine key, but mine ate. 
Uh, abide. Dig down into that. And so that's what we're going to be challenging y'all to do. Is dig down into that. Just like Luther did. He was forced to go to a college campus in order to do it. You're on a college campus right now. So we figure we might just tell you how you can do that. There's three different things that you can do to personally transform yourself here at University Lutheran. And if you're just visiting, um, you know, come on back. Um, And if you're never going to come here again, uh, this probably isn't going to help you that much. So you can, you know, daydream. Um, But if you are a member here, we're going to be asking you to think about personal transformation in terms of what you can learn. So we're going to ask you to, you know, uh, commit to reading a book, maybe. Reading the Bible, maybe. Yeah, might be good. Maybe. Abide in my word. Yeah. We're going to also ask you to, well, not also, you get to choose either one of these three things, or all three, or two of them, up to you. But one of the ways is going to be through learning. Another way is going to be through doing. So maybe, you know, you're just really smart, and that's not going to transform you at all. You've learned everything. But you want to do something. And we'll, we'll help you out with that. We'll give you some stuff that you could do. You could, you know, help us out around here doing some different things at University of Lutheran. You can help us out uh, in several different places um, at Hope Community or at Hartsfield Elementary School. Um, we'll help you do that so that you can actually get your hands dirty and do something. We'll also um, challenge you, this is going to be the hardest one if you choose it, to adopt an attitude. I mean, it sounds really simple, but, you know, think of how hard it's going to be if you say, I'm going to adopt the attitude of patience, and you're not a very patient person. That's going to be a lot of transformation. And the beautiful thing is that Jesus is going to do it for you. You've got to show up to do it. You've got to live in it to do it. You've got to mind a day to do it. But Jesus is going to take your heart and while you're reading that book or while you're reading the Bible or while you're, you're over at Hartsfield Elementary or while you're trying to learn the self-control attitude, that Jesus is actually going to show up in that and He's going to transform your life. And He's going to take the sins that have kept you from doing all of those things and He's going to forgive you and He's going to put you on a path to freedom Because that's where he wants you to be. He wants you to be free to do all of this great stuff. So we've got two more things to talk about, two more sermons, and we don't have enough time to talk about all of it today. But be thinking about that, because coming up in about three weeks on Christ the King Sunday, there's going to be little sheets of paper that I'm going to ask you to put down a goal for personal transformation that you're going to promise to yourself and to God to make a vow, that you're going to give Him an opportunity to transform you, that you're going to give Him your minute so that He can give you His love and His grace, His forgiveness and His freedom. Amen.